Hello, happy people. Welcome to the Profitable Happiness Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Profitable Happiness Podcast. And today I have a very special guest who's going to tell us a whole bunch of stories that actually shocked me a little bit. Um, and, you know, I just can't wait to hear more about Dustin Nemos. First of all, Dustin, you know, on LinkedIn, which is where we met, you are li uh, listed as a YouTuber, uh, a reporter, a someone who deals in truth media, um, and you say that you're heavily censored, um, but you're also the best-selling author of the book of Quanan.com. Now, here's what I did, and I always do this when I, I research my guests. I went to your channels, and on YouTube, you were followed by over 100,000 people people you had in terms of subscribers you are the definition of a successful YouTube channel and so I would love to know first of all how you built that social media presence and I'd love to know all about your book the book of Quanon your opinions about it and we'll go wherever you want to go because I'm fascinated by something you told me today you said your site your YouTube site was canceled yesterday just yesterday because of all the political stuff going on so this is a breaking story ladies and gentlemen <laughs> very excited to have you here so dustin tell us who you are and how you became who you are today well thank you um uh, for that wonderful introduction and uh yeah, I, I was banned many of us were banned yesterday purged from youtube um and, and i'm kind of used to it i'm not even really that upset we've been expecting it um, and that's part of the game of, of being in a political sort of nature. Uh, you know, being in journalism in 2020 is a different game than it was a few years ago. Um, and it's a hostile game. But, you know, I, I would say that my success and my growth uh, on YouTube and with the book um, was really more of a team effort. And it was really more of a demand for truth and media than it was anything to do with, with me. I mean, I consider myself a bit of an introvert, you know, I'm, I'm covering these things and I'm talking about politics and, and, you know, I cover my opinion as well, but I try to stick to the facts and I'm just doing the media's job for them. I'm doing it on a much smaller budget and my dogs and kids are running around in the background sometimes, but we are having success. And before the censorship really started to lock down, the channel was just going through the roof like a hockey stick, like a, like a global warming uh, prediction with AOC. I mean, it was like plus 30,000 subscribers the last month. And then for over a year, we were losing subscribers every month. And that's about when the AI locked down. And now they've just up and banned everything. So it's, it's, it's almost as though, you know, with censorship, it's a different game trying to build a business and build a channel, but it's more of an adversarial, like, come at me and let the world see how much you're censoring me. And I'm just going to get bigger from it. And it's a Streisand effect thing. Uh, versus uh, normally you're trying to play along with these platforms. You're trying to stay on their good graces and use them for like ads and, and you know, Facebook ads and stuff. I don't do any of that. You know, I actually just, um, I expose them and then they censor me and then I get bigger. Wow. So first of all, for anyone who is not fully aware of what Quanan is and um, what your book uh, describes, can you give us a sort of a, an overview, maybe even a history lesson, if you will, on what exactly is Quanon, and you know what is your position within it, and how did you come about writing this very successful book? I mean, we've talked about your YouTube channel. My goodness, go to Amazon, and <laughs> you have an amazing uh, following on Amazon with thousands of ratings. You are extremely successful everywhere. So tell us about Quanon and your contribution to the conversation right now. 
Well, I, I say for now with the book, because there's a lot of mainstream press lobbying Amazon to ban it. Uh, Facebook, Etsy, uh, YouTube, uh, Twitter, they've all banned all of us pretty much at this point. Um, you know, I, I brought a sense of, uh, of logic and proportion and, and strategy to this. And I also brought a, a business background and networking. So this, this book was a success based on a collaborative effort of some of the early voices that helped build what became the QAnon movement or Q Anonymous, which is uh, kind of going back to the early storage and uh, early story and origin of what Q is, which it, at its simplest, it's a military intelligence outfit of probably less than 10 people. It's a team. And they're working directly with President Trump to go around uh, the DOJ and the FBI to get to the people with the truth, the same way that I think he uses Twitter to go around uh, the mainstream press. It, it's actually pretty simple. Uh, a lot of people think that it's shrouded in mystery and conspiracy theories because the media sort of puts us in a caricature, but uh, the, the result and the uh, main mission, I would say, has been to create an independent media. And I think we've done that. And I think we've helped to break the mainstream press credibility. No one trusts them. And they're all having mass layoffs. So even with censorship, um, you know, we're getting through to the people with truth. And that's a nonpartisan issue. Wow. Now, you know, obviously, you're a great storyteller with your books and your YouTube channel. And, you know, one of the things I'd love to revisit before we move too much further is really the question of what put Dustin on the path to being this kind of a storyteller? Did something happen uh, maybe in your childhood or somewhere along the way where you said, wait a second, there's something going on in the world and I want to be a part of it or I want to change it. What put you on the path that you're on today? You know, when I was like 17, I saw the Zeitgeist documentary and I don't agree with everything in it, but it did teach me a lot about economic corruption, the Federal Reserve, the central bank concept, how it works, history and, uh, you know, the nature of sort of a rigged game. I went into business full force at that point. Even as a young man, I decided I wanted to be free. I was not going to be a slave to a system like that that was designed to enslave me. And uh, at first, I was kind of an immature guy. I just wanted to, to sort of get rich and escape to the beaches of the world. And, and as it evolved and as I became a father, I realized that, you know, there's a lot at stake. Uh, there's a lot of, of ideologies sort of warring for the future right now, Marxism, uh, you know, capitalism. And there's a lot at risk in terms of uh, the future of, of my children, myself, my business, uh, my freedoms. And I started to really care more about it. And uh, I've dived into things, uh, not just from business, but that got me into philosophy, history, uh, economic theory, um, which led me to uh, obviously politics. You can't really extricate those issues. And then I got really heavily into corruption, uh, alternative health and other issues. And now I'm just trying to help people sort of make sense and find this information. You know, it's, it's interesting because I come from a perspective that is completely international. Um, as a, an immigrant, to someone who came here from Africa, um, one of the most attractive things in America is the dream of free speech. The idea that uh, anyone can really express themselves as they, as they would like to, and that we all work together to fight for the rights of those people to say what they will and what they want to. And yet, here we are living in a world where just yesterday your YouTube channel was banned and uh, you're not sure if your Amazon book uh, and other things you've set up are going to be banned because of something going on. So I think it's really a tough conversation that we're in. Um, I certainly 
believe in free speech. That's why I'm so happy that you're here to, to share w what you do and, 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 and what you believe, because we all need to be able to do that. Having said that, let's talk about the business uh, side of, um, you know, building social media success around things that you believe in passionately or things that you love. Tell us a little bit about how easy or hard that may be since you've actually done it, building up to 100,000 plus on YouTube alone. Okay, so um, I have to mention that in politics it's, or anything controversial like that, yeah. it's going to be a different kind of game. If you're doing a, a gardening channel, and you've got puppies in the background, you're probably going to get paid by YouTube for the content and traffic that you bring. Mm -hmm. But um, if you're in politics, you're going to be demonetized on everything that you do. I mean, even a video of my, my firstborn daughter walking for the first steps with, with no words was demonetized as hate speech or something like that. That's how they, they call it. Now, I'm, my, my wife is like you. She's actually an immigrant here from Taiwan, and uh, she, she believes the same as you do. So I, I'm, I'm with you that we're fighting for all of these rights for everyone. But, you know, it's, a, it's just a different kind of, of uh, business strategy. You have to be uh, ready for the fight. You have to be ready for Google to sort of deplatform you and, and to put you in this kind of Internet ghetto where it's really hard to do business. Uh, the way to succeed, I think, in that is to be uh, reliable, honest, and to continue um, you know, being censored and, and make a big deal about it because it's just proof that you're sort of over the target, as we say uh, in media, that you're, you're covering issues that are a threat to someone in power. And that's why you're getting censored so much. And we've been in the deep end of censorship since the beginning. And I, I think that's where, you know, the success in business and reputation has come from since then. I mean, I've always been a business guy. I was successful before this in real estate. But um, since then, it has been a different business altogether, learning how to during COVID even, grow a business in the face of censorship when big tech wants to destroy you and media wants to smear you. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. As I said earlier, we met on LinkedIn, even though our, the focus of our conversation really uh, is, is your YouTube channel. And you have a very professional LinkedIn uh, profile. Your YouTube channel, when I visited it, was extremely professional. You were, ch you know, I could, you know, I use a certain tool uh, that allows me to see all the, you know, ta you know, tags that you have and everything. So I could see you had checked all the boxes in doing your marketing uh, and your setup quite right. Um, did you do that or is that a, a, a team that you hired to kind of do all of your social media marketing for you? No, I've, uh, I've learned most of that myself over the last few years the hard way um, through like great frustration and, and pain as they knock this down, censor this, we rebuild this, this is deplatformed. Um, you know, PayPal banned four different corporations all at once at 2 a.m. for no reason, really. Uh, this kind of thing is, is, is commonplace and we just sort of run with it. I do have a team now. They help more with uh, video editing and, and um, email marketing and uh, different forms, things that I'm not as good with. But, uh, you know, we don't have anyone really for social media. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, you know, I'd love to talk about now, where you are now. So you, we've talked a little bit about how you got here. W today, whom do you serve? Okay, you know, in business, obviously, we serve someone, right? Who's your ideal client? And how do you serve them? And, and if, if you don't mind, share a little bit about the philosophy, the core philosophy of your book that is of service to the people that you're trying to serve. So give us some insight into sure. that. 
Well, it's a great question. I mean, it, it, it's the same answer to both. Uh, my clients uh, at the business side, my audience on the YouTube side, and my customers on the book or product side, they're all the same people. They're people who support freedom of speech and want truth in media. And they come from all walks of life. Um, many of them have experienced censorship themselves, uh, you know, Facebook jail or whatever it may be. And they, they've all got it. Um, most of them would probably identify as conservatives. Many of them would probably identify as Christians in my audience. But we're seeking to, to, to really serve everyone. I mean, we want to serve people who want truth. We want to create a better world for everyone. It's not a partisan issue. It, it, you know, we tend to, to pull in Trump supporters right now because a lot of the media are, are on the left wing and they're doing most of the attacks and such. And they've, they've attacked the book with a lot of lies and smears and called it terrible things, but they have no real arguments at the end of the day. They have no real evidence. They just make things up and circulate it among themselves and call it media. And that's kind of what people are tired of. And that's the people we're serving. You know, I'm going to put in an opinion here because I am uh, your average guy who doesn't know much. <laughs> and I, I watch, you know, I listen to the media and I have to tell you, it's hard to trust the media. Like if I, if I want to learn something, I, I actually routinely go to two different channels to try to find the truth in between. I'll go to Fox to see the Republican opinion. And then I'll go to CNN or MSNBC to see the, uh, the, 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 the Democrat viewpoint of things. And that, it really shouldn't be that way. I thought journalism was supposed to be in the middle, but why does it feel to average people like me that everybody's taken aside? Well, it's because you're channeled in a certain way. For example, I used to rank very highly organically on YouTube, but 99% of my traffic was removed by like deboosting and different changes in the AI. And now you basically get the mainstream media every time you search things on YouTube, if you've noticed. So they're trying to, to monopolize media and they're trying to keep people away from sources like myself, uh, independent media sources that tell you the full truth. Uh, you know, I would say that Fox News is as bad as a CNN when it comes to lying. I, I don't think that they represent the conservative view. And I, don't, I, I think that Trump would agree on this as well. He's made many statements that Fox is not reliable. And they even tried to throw the 2018 midterm elections to the Democrats with uh, hundreds of races still open. I mean, they, they actually tried to, to cheat that in a sense for the Democrats. And I think that they would do the same in this election. So I think that Fox is really the controlled opposition of fake news. That's why they're getting all the ratings, but um, I don't trust them any more than I would CNN and I'm a conservative. You know, I, I don't consider them to represent us. I think that that's there to stop people from getting to me, frankly. Interesting. Interesting. Now, I have never had someone who's as much of a political expert on my show as you are. I, normally, I talk to, you know, CEOs and leaders or, or, or YouTube, you know, success stories. So I want to use this opportunity to learn Maybe some of um, the, the some of the opinions that may be out there that I don't know, and, and I'm sure a lot of people don't know about. So let's start from some of the things that are happening today. Like we we look at today and we see issues around racism. Uh, recently, um, a, a, a police officer essentially killed an individual in front of everyone on on video <laughs> within eight minutes. Now that's unheard of, right? That's like, I mean. Who could have written, what kind of movie is this that we're in, right? So I would love to know from your perspective and from the perspective of the conservative ideas that you may represent, how is this all playing out? What, what are we seeing here in the world? 
Um, well, you know, in, in a situation like I, I assume you're talking about George Floyd, something yes. like that happens. The, the real story is not necessarily the death because deaths do happen every day. And even those kinds of deaths where uh, maybe a police officer did some abuse or violence or, or a, a great tragedy occurred. Um, you know, it's the when the media decides to focus in on certain issues for months at a time and create and, and even sort of uh, encourage violence around these issues, which I would say that they've been doing. That's why we're getting things like Chaz and Antifa Stan and these riots across the U.S. and 48 of the largest 50 cities. I mean, uh, groups like Antifa and, and I would argue BLM, which has identified itself not as a as a pro-black life movement. They have the name but as a Marxist movement here to instill communism. And that would destroy the black family, the black business, everything. So I would say that this anti-black movement, BLM, which is about 80% white liberals and Antifa members, interestingly, that keep getting arrested, uh, they are trying to create a race war. They are trying to create a narrative of violence and they are trying to create a Marxist revolution, just like their Bolshevik revolutionary heroes. And, and I would say to this, uh, you, you see evidence in the mainstream uh, Democrat party, like a Ver Project Veritas undercover videos with Bernie Sanders campaign staffers joking about lining up conservatives and putting us in the gulag or shooting us at the wall. You know, these are jokes back to mass murdering communist dictators. So uh, that is the, the the opinion. We just had another Project Veritas video that came through where an unrepentant Democrat official wanted to uh, throw us in the guillotines, you know, uh, mass murder uh, conservative voices because they want to instill Marxism. It's not about this one particular death, which was a tragedy, I agree. And I think if that happens, police should be held accountable. I'm, I'm not the person that's going to sit here and defend police from police brutality charges. If they've done wrong, they should be held accountable. But I also am not going to encourage groups like BLM to like go assassinate them in their squad cars who were innocent, who maybe didn't do something wrong because they're all wearing the same uniform. That's the same kind of thinking that creates racism. I think individuals should be held accountable. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that's kind of the mainstream opinion as well. But I also believe the media are trying to create violence around this issue. Wow. You know, I come from a place where uh, what you may call racism here, we call tribalism, but it's not any worse. It's pretty much the same thing. I grew up in a place where everyone looked like me and I could feel like I'm better than you and I can call myself better. It's just, it, but it would be based on the tribe I feel I come from versus the color of my skin. You yeah. know, and because of that background, I, I think I've been blessed with a perspective that I would call human. <laughs> and I feel that any problems that are that get ascribed to racism are really just human problems, right? Black yeah. people are just as capable of some ism as, as a white person is capable of some ism. Um, and so I wonder how can we get the world to get off of this racism versus whatever ism is out there and start thinking that we're just really all the same and we're humans making human mistakes. And maybe that becomes a new platform to solve these things. You know, I would go back to like the Martin Luther Kings of the world and, and focus on content of the character rather than color of the skin. Mm -hmm. But really my, my honest answer, and I'm not, I don't consider myself a political expert. I very much appreciate you saying that. But my expert, I guess, having studied these issues is to do what President Trump has recently promised to do, and that is to get uh, the, the uh, hate rhetoric out of the schools to replace the Marxist ideology in the schools, which is effectively uh, brainwashing kids into joining groups like Antifa and BLM later on. And Marxism is the threat. 
it's not racism. It, it actually started being rich versus poor, or they wanted to use the poor to overthrow the rich and gain power. But it didn't work in America because, like you said, the American dream, everyone wanted to be able to be rich. They wanted to be free. They wanted to be the middle class, which is rich by most standards in the world. So it didn't work here to, to try to turn rich versus poor. So they instead turned man versus woman, black versus white, race versus race, up versus down. Uh, they've tried to create you know, gay versus straight uh, divides. Now they're trying old versus young. It's all about division. And personally, you know, I, I'm a nationalist, but I love all nations. I just want to be left alone and at peace. And, you know, I, I love my country. Red, white, and blue is the color of my, my skin, and that's what I bleed. So it's not about race. I mean, I, I really don't believe that racism is even an issue in the United States outside of the TV. Yeah. Well, you know, I can tell you that in, in my little world, um, you'd be shocked to uh, come to my home and see the person I call mom because I was raised by a white lady who was born in Minnesota all my life. <laughs> so, so in my family, um, mom is white. Uh, my brothers and sisters are mixed kids. And so I have just struggled to look at people and see their color first. I always see them may as I, who they are. May I ask a question back? I'll flip yeah. it on you. Yeah. And here's the thing, because the Marxists would say that your white mother is a colonizing oppressor who decided to use you to hide her white shame or something like that. I'm telling you, it's crazy what they're teaching children in school to, to make them hate each other. And that's the thing. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's crazy. I hope that we can all find the, a place in our hearts to recognize that we're all people first. Everything else comes after just being human people. Now, I'm going to get off my high horse because you got me into this whole mode where I just, I'm so passionate about your topic. But um, let's get back to the idea of a person having a passion about something a place of happiness, if you will, and then finding a way to turn that into a success story, uh, a profitable business, if you will. At the core of my concept of profitable happiness is that we all have the ability to do that. We all have the ability to find something that we truly believe and, and follow it to its conclusion, to a place where it can now help others. I consider you someone who has done that, uh, regardless of what people may believe about your topic or not, you've taken something you're passionate about and you've turned it into profit. Can you give us any points about how that works? Like, I mean, I know we might be going back to the histories we've talked about, but you know, just how could you advise others about how to take what they love to turn it into business and success? You know, I, um, I, I kind of fell into this because I just wanted to share my opinion. When I started my YouTube channel, I, I had a bathrobe and I was sitting on the couch and my dogs <laughs> are in the background and cats, everything. Yeah. And uh, it turned into something because people kept coming back. They wanted more. Uh, there was a demand for what I was doing and I was passionate about the topic and I wanted to expand concepts like freedom and truth. And I wanted to push back against uh, the deep state and fake news and, and corruption in general. And some of these ideas that I thought were, were bad for our culture and bad for my children's future. That passion really turned into uh, an income uh, just by accident. And frankly, I feel like I would have made more outside of this, but I'm happier doing this. I was already you know, successful in business before this. And I've probably lost half a million dollars for supporting Trump publicly and all of the censorship and the rebuild and the deplatforming and the defamation and all the stuff that comes with it and just outright lies. But at the end of the day, um, I have become successful doing this. I've turned it into a full-time career as a journalist, although I don't have a journalistic background. I have a business background. 
because there's a demand for, for what I'm doing. And that's the key is to find a way to bring your passion into value for others, I think. If you can do that consistently, uh, then you can be a winner in any field from plumbing to journalism. I can't, I can't agree with you more. There has got to be a match, a link between the thing that makes you happy or the thing you're passionate about and a need in the world. You know, I'm also a musician. By the way, are you a musician? I love music, but I'm pretty bad at making it. Oh, okay, because I, I was going to tell you something that is unique to musicians. You see, I believe musicians have a very unique problem when they try to become entrepreneurs because musicians essentially the idea of writing a song is to go inside and pull out of yourself this nugget of belief or beauty or whatever and then you're sharing how you feel well you're completely ignoring how others may feel but the assumption is well i'm writing about love so everybody cares about love or i'm writing about you know something else and when musicians try to become entrepreneurs they get lost because they have no muscles or skills around the idea of how do I stop myself and just listen to the needs of the audience, find out what they truly want and then serve them. So I couldn't agree with you more. And, and I've struggled with that. Most musicians have struggled with that. Um, how do you make that link between your passion and the needs of the world out there? Is there a formula that you've used or did you just stumble on it? As you said earlier, did you just find to stumble on it? Find the biggest problem that you can solve with your passion and go after it with everything you got. Wow. Wow. So um, what problem are you trying to solve right now? Now that your, your YouTube platform has been taken away and you said, uh, I think you said Amazon might be next. What are you trying to solve next and how are you going to do this next? You know, QAnon gave us a mission early on. He said, break the MSM. We did that. They are broken. Uh, they're all falling and they're all having mass layoffs. Even Fox has had a mass layoff now. Although oh, I'm they sorry, you said break the MS what? MSM, like mainstream media. Mainstream media, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Break the fake news, essentially, you know. And, and yeah. we did that. And I think now, um, you know, it's about building up the citizen journalist movement. It's about building up something new. It's about uh, creating a, not a golden era, not a utopia, but a better world. You know, something more sane, something with less corruption, less... Uh, less of a predatory, uh, dictatorial elite monarchy that we're dealing with almost right now, or oligarchy, and more of a representative government buying for the people with limited restraints and all the checks and balances necessary to protect the middle class and the freedoms and the opportunities of that dream that we talked about that people came here for, like, like you and your, you know, like my wife and everyone else that's out there who's, who's uh, immigrated here or who come from immigrants here. They were going after the dream. That's why they came here. That's why, you know, despite what they say, all these caravans from South America are skipping other countries in their quest for sanctuary to get here yeah. because this is something important and this is where the Marxists are trying to take over. No one can argue with what you've said, Dustin. And um, I am a complete fan of your desire to tell your truth to the world. And I think, as you've said, and as I've said, that's why we came to America. We, we wanted to be in a place where we could speak our truth. Um, I wanna wish you the very, very best in whatever you do next, because I think you have goals that anyone, if they just get away from what they hear outside, just listen to what you're saying. We all want the same things. How can people reach you? Um, do you have a specific preferred channel online where people can find you so that you can continue a conversation with people who want to talk with you. We're down to the website, nemosnewsnetwork.com and dustinnemos.com. Um, you know, we, 
we are going to be on other platforms outside of big tech, like uh, Parlay. It's, it's spelled Parler. Uh, we're going to be on uh, huge tube, the Utah gun exchange tube. Uh, we're, I think we're going to be on clout hub soon. These are some of the up and coming uh, businesses that are going to be big soon, because I think that that mainstream media and big tech have destroyed themselves that they're, they're never going to be forgiven for what they've done. In fact, we've already cost YouTube billions of dollars for their parent company alphabet because of the damage they've done to themselves to censor us, I would say. Well, let's see if the big people out there will let this episode <laughs> exist. I certainly believe in it. I came to this country for the dream and the freedom, and I am proud to hear your opinions being expressed. Dustin, it has been a pleasure for me to meet you and learn from you. I want to wish you all the best. Thank you so much for having me on, and it's been a great conversation. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Profitable Happiness Podcast. For more episodes, visit drpalay.com. And remember, get happy first and success will follow.